Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. This is the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Good morning and welcome along to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. I'm your host, Frankie Mackay, and between 7 and 8 this morning, we're going to chat all things Canterbury sports. Well, I am your host, but as you can also tell, I'm running a little bit of a nice combo between nasal and husky. So hopefully that's the dulcet tones you feel like listening to this morning. We've got a massive show coming up once again. Last week we actually had we had a chat with Lincoln Uni netballer Tiana Placid ahead of the Premier Netball Final here in Christchurch. And I'm very pleased to say they won it 47-40 over UC. I'm, I'm pleased mainly because... I was starting to feel like we were actually becoming to jinx a few teams. We talked to the Rams before their semi-final, they lost that. We talked to the Puakai before they had semi-final time, they lost that. It was just starting to have that feel. But we've got the we've got the monkey off the back. Lincoln Uni netballers have done it, 47-40 over UC. And we keep us in winning ways. So we'll continue to have more and more people, I think, want to talk to us ahead of their semi-finals and finals, which is great. Uh, of course, the All Blacks, look, they played tonight and, and we're going to talk that over probably at length, like everyone it seems like in the country is doing with our panellists on the Melray Electric panel to round the show out. We will talk cricket. We're going to have Frankie's Five, of course, and it may be a little bit of a controversial one today. I've taken inspiration from SENZ's afternoon show with Mark Stafford, taken some inspiration from that. So that'll be in the back half of the show as well. And we're going to have rugby coming to you. It was Test Match Week in Christchurch last week. This week, it's the two Canterbury teams who are doing battle. Canterbury men in the MPC, they're taking on Hawke's Bay tomorrow afternoon. And then the women, they have got their semi-final. A massive match-up for them. They're the top qualifier coming as number one. Home game, Kendra Coxage's 99th game as well, so they'll be desperate to win that over the Wellington Pride to get her 100th game in red and black. And, of course, she announced that this is going to be her last season playing footy as well, so they will be definitely looking to send her off in style, but it is time to crack on. It's time to get into what we want to talk about, get into our interviews, and first up, oh, I think it's a pretty good one, to be fair. Right, it's time to talk my favourite sport with one of my favourite players as well and they have been right at the centre of the Black Caps' recent success. Daryl Mitchell joins us this morning from Cairns ahead of the Chapel Hadley series. G'day Daryl, How, how's it all going? Hi Frankie, yeah, thanks for having me. Now the, the Black Caps have been, I think I read, seven different countries since June. I believe Australia's number eight. Has it felt as hectic as, as what that sounds? Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously, it's been a, a pretty busy winter and I guess if you add that I was at the IPL before that, I left home, I think it was March 12th, so um, yeah, it was nice to get a week home last week after the West Indies series, but it's also exciting to come over here to Aussie to take on them in the Chapel Hadley. Yeah, and you've been in a, 
I'm going to describe it as a purple patch yourself. Take me back to, to England, which to me feels so long ago since we were back playing Test Match Cricket, but first Test at Lords. Did you have any inkling of, of what was about to unfold for you? Um, oh, I guess you, you always, I guess, prepare to try and have success like that and give yourself the best chance to try and contribute. And, um, yeah, it was, for me, it was just nice to be part of that group and, and to, I guess, play at Lords is pretty special. Um, and yeah, I guess to get a score on the board was, was pretty cool, but, um, yeah, I guess you always hope hope that that sort of situations will happen, and we all know that cricket's a funny game, and it doesn't always pan out that way, though. Yeah, absolutely. Now that Lords hundred, I think every cricketer dreams of that getting on the Lords Honours Board, either for a hundred or a fifer. Was it as special as as what we all dream it to be? Yeah, it's definitely something that you you dream of as a little kid. I know I definitely did, and um, yeah, for that to to come about, I, I guess when you're in the in the middle of it, and it's in the middle of what is a pretty um, close test match, you're just trying to do your job for your country and and keep trying to get through little moments. And it probably wasn't until after that series was completely finished, and I went I went back there with my my two girls and my wife about a week after that series had finished, and and went and saw the honours board, and that's probably when it more I guess sunk in what had actually happened and. And how cool it is to, I guess, for it to be up there for the rest of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And and then from there, the chance to go on play Scotland, Ireland, the Netherlands. The team had a, a European tour. Was was that a good experience? And and is it really valuable, I guess, to to be able to play those teams at, at home for them and and expose a few more players to international cricket as well? Yeah, I think it was a great tour for us as a as a group to um, test out other guys who are on the fringes of the of I guess what you could say is the main team, and it's really cool to see everyone step up. And I guess that shows the strength of how domestic cricket is in New Zealand at the moment. That guys like Dane Cleaver and, and Michael Bracewell can come in and and dominate and and put their hand up for future chances. So um, that was awesome. And I think for us as a T Twenty group, it was really cool leading up to a World Cup in in a month's time to to keep trying to work on our blueprint on how we want to go about playing our T20 cricket and, and really reinforce clear roles. And, and, yeah, I think it was a great preparation for what's coming up. And is that the big focus at the moment? I mean, Chapel Hadley series obviously is, is just about to start next week, but it, it really is that T20 World Cup is just is looming in the distance. Is, is that really the big focus at the moment? Um, I think the strength of this Black Caps group is we don't look too far ahead and we don't uh, make things bigger than what they are. We just, you know, we've got a great opportunity now to play Aussie in three one days and um, we as a group will just concentrate on, I guess, doing our jobs in each game. Um, I think it's the real strength of this of this group is, is that we're not making it bigger than what it is or, or we're not too outcome focused. We're just trying to do our jobs that were, are clearly defined by us, by, by the skipper and by the coaching staff and and then hopefully that means we can win a few games here and, and win a few more games next month at a World Cup. Yeah, well, winning is, is something that this Black Cap side is making a real habit of, which is, it's, is lovely to see. First ODI series win in the West Indies ever. What stood out for you on that tour? And, and was that actually a pretty big milestone for the team to tick off? Yeah, I think looking back now, that was that was massive for our group. It's something that... We've never been able to do in both form, both white ball formats, and um, the power that West Indies possess with both bat and ball—it's it's pretty scary. So it's um, yeah, it was awesome to come away with two wins on on what were challenging surfaces and and definitely different to what we experienced back home. So for us as a group to to walk over there and, and get that job done and, and come back knowing that we've we've performed 
to our blueprint on how we want to play um, on those surfaces against those sort of players is yeah, extremely pleasing. And of course, Chapel Headley next week gets started. Is this the biggest white ball series that you that you play? Is is this the one that New Zealand wants to lock away in the in the trophy cabinet? I think as Kiwis, we always we always love taking on the Aussies. We're we're always the underdogs, and we um, yeah we seem to thrive on it a little bit. So yeah, I know us as a group, we're really excited to to be able to play the Aussies over here, albeit at a different venue in Cairns, which I don't think many of us have been to. So. It'll be about adapting to the conditions over here as quick as we can over the next few days. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can go and win a few games of cricket and, and um, yeah, hopefully win a series. But that'll just come about by us yeah, doing all the all the boring stuff. But, um, yeah, that we've just got to keep repeating it over and over again. And you say the boring stuff. What is that? What are, the, what are a couple of the keys that this black cap side really talk about really hammering, making sure you nail it every time? I think we recognise as a group that we're just a small country of, of 5 million people, so we've got to stay true to who we are. We've got to fight for every run and, and take pride in, in our running and in our fielding and all the little things that we can control. Um, as we all know, cricket's a, it's a funny game. If you come too outcome-focused, it can become pretty challenging at times. So, yeah, we'll just keep controlling what we can and, and keep trying to get better and, and just adapt to different situations, and, and hopefully we can do it more often than the opposition and, and that'll mean more win games of cricket more often than not. Is there anyone in that, that Aussie side you look you look forward to coming up against? There's a few, I'd say, reasonably big personalities in that side, but there, uh, are there some you'd you'd love to get the wood over? Um, oh, I think yeah, any time a Kiwi gets one over the Aussies is always nice. Um, they've got they got a world class team and and they've been world class for a long period of time now. Um, personally, I, I went to school with Marcus Stoinis, so it's always good fun playing up against him, and he's one of my good mates. And um, yeah, it'd be nice to. That's the beginning for once. It'll be cool, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, your own form has been sensational. You may not say it, but I can say it for you. And this is probably the part that every cricketer wants to know. They're all listening in now. What's what's been the secret? If you were going to give a little glimpse into what's been behind it all, what you can put your finger on, if there's been certain things you've really been been working on to try and allow you to be that successful, what are those? What are the little Little bits of gold you can give for cricketers here. Um, <laughs> I don't think there is a golden secret. That's that's probably the main thing to it. I think it's it's an add up of a, a long a long period of time learning your game at the domestic level, uh, making mistakes, learning what works for you, and and then for me it's it's yeah I guess backing my skills and, and I know how I want to go about things in certain situations now having experienced it for long periods of time and. I guess failing at it at times to work out what what needs to be done. Um, and yeah, I'm a competitor at heart. That's what that's what drives me is trying to, I guess, win moments and um, yeah, get get in the battle. So that's two things that cricket wise. Um, and then obviously having a, a young family and, and two girls, I guess it puts life into perspective a little bit. That is more important things than than a game of cricket and and not to beat yourself up too much when you fail and, and not to ride the wave too much when you have good times as well. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm very lucky that I've got a, a young family that can yeah, keep me pretty grounded. Uh, well, it is working well for you at the moment, Daz. It's, it's been brilliant to see your form with the bat. been awesome to see how the Black Caps have been trucking as well. So thanks so much for, for your time and, and just taking the time to have a chat with us ahead of that Chapel Hadley series and, and best of luck from us and hopefully we get the chance to catch up again soon. Uh, cheers, Frankie, and I look forward to seeing you win the Super Smash in a few months' time in the red and black. It'll be good.
<laughs> Can't wait. Do the double this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Awesome. Well, that was Black Cap, Daryl Mitchell, ahead of the upcoming Chapel Hadley series. The first game Tuesday, the 6th, game 2, the 8th, and game 3, Sunday, the 11th, are all played in Cairns, and we're looking forward to seeing where the Black Caps stack up against Australia and just where they are at coming into that T20 World Cup as well. We'll take a quick break here and we'll be back with some more sports news soon. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Your home for all sport from Christchurch and beyond. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Well, it's a big Sunday of rugby coming up for the Red and Blacks here in Christchurch. A doubleheader at Orange Theory, one of those being a semi-final in the Farah Palmer Cup. The second game of the day being the Canterbury MPC side taking on the Hawks Bay. And this Canterbury Rugby update brought to you by Kevlar Holmes, a proud partner of Canterbury Rugby. And joining me ahead of game day is halfback Mitchell Drummond. Mitch, thanks, thanks so much for joining. No problem. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, it's been a look. It's been a pretty big week. Well, ten days for for your side. Played Friday the twenty sixth, Wednesday the thirty first, and now a, a Sunday game coming up as well. It's it's a pretty full on schedule. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, like you said. It's a pretty busy week for us. But um, I guess one of the positives is that we don't actually train a lot this week. We sort <laughs> of just just play and then recover and get ready to go again. So. Um, yeah, even though we play three games, it's um, yeah, it's, a, it's an enjoyable time of the year because you sort of play, recover, and climb into it again. I was going to say that's that's possibly a slightly older head talking as well about uh, the training sneaking out of the schedule being being nice. But I, I was going to ask, outside of game day, what does the week look like? So obviously you, you've got to play, you've got to try and recover. How how do you actually make sure you're ready to go for the next one? Um, well, there's all the usual recovery in terms of getting your body right um, to go again. But I, I also think it's really important that um, we get away from footy. It's it's a pretty compact week with a lot of rugby involved. So, um, yeah, like, for example, yesterday a few of us got out on the golf course and, um, yeah, just got away from rugby because it's, a, it's such a compact week that if you focus solely on that, then um, it can be pretty draining. Are you much of a golfer? Are there a few of the lads who are, who are pretty handy? Yeah, there's, there's a few of the boys. I wouldn't say I'm much of a... I would say I'm uh, I'm very competitive. So um, <laughs> uh, whatever's on the line, I'm always up for it. But, um, yeah, it was good yesterday. We sort of got away from it and had a hat ground. And, um, yeah, it was good fun. Nice. Now, a massive win over, over Tasman and then a pretty solid win against... North Harbour. Are you, are you pretty happy with where, where the team's at at the moment? Yeah, I think we're tracking in the right direction. Um, like you said, we've had a, a couple of good wins. Uh, we got punched in the nose a little bit when we played uh, Taranaki, so that was a real good reality check for us, and, and we learnt a lot from that game. Um, but this Hawks Bay team's a different kettle of fish completely, and um, they've had the wood on us the last couple of years, so I'm really looking forward to having a good crack at them on Sunday. Yeah, well, they're, they're three from five so far this season. One loss, one draw next to their name. But but they are a little bit of a bogey team. What what can you expect from, from this Hawks Bay side? 
Uh, I think they're playing pretty similar footy that they have done the last few years. They've got a pretty uh, similar similar side, similar roster, so they've got some good continuity there from the last couple of seasons, and they love to chuck the footy around. They love an offload, um, and I think the way that they've been playing um, emulates that. They've got some serious athletes in their side, so a um, little bit different to what we've had the last couple of weeks, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd say she's a good day in Christchurch, which I think it's supposed to be. It'll be pretty uh, free-flowing footy. Love it. We all love a bit of running rugby. So, on the back of that, what are the what are the big focuses for your side then? Recovery. <laughs> um, <laughs> we sort of had had uh, two two or three days in between. So um, yeah, we trained. Train uh, today and yesterday. Uh, train today and tomorrow. Sorry, and then uh, I'm pretty low key. And then try not to focus too much on on Hawks Bay and and just get ourselves ready to go again. And is it, has it been nice? Uh, you've got Willie Hines back chasing you around. Has it been nice to have him back in the side? Yeah, it's been great. He um, obviously he's played at the highest level and um, brings a hell of a lot of experience into our group. Um, real calming influence, and personally, yeah, I've I've really enjoyed having having Willie back round. He, he was sort of the the halfback when I first turned up, um, so it's been really nice to have him back and enjoyed um, listening to a few yarns he's got from a few years over, <laughs> overseas. So yeah, and he's still playing um, some seriously good footy too, which is bloody great for our, our team. Yeah, I'm sure he has got some stories to tell, that's for sure. And and who else has impressed you in, in your side? You've got a few young fellas coming through that, that seem like they've they've taken to MPC like like they've been playing it for years. Yeah, yeah, we have. And we've had a, a few guys who had a little bit of Super Rugby experience and and now they're getting the opportunity to, to sort of play week in, week out. Um, so guys like Dom Gardner and um, Ferg Burke, I reckon those two are perfect examples of guys who have been in and around the super rugby environment, uh, but now they're getting the opportunity to, to get on the field every week, um, and those those sort of guys are just getting better and better with more game time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I'll just grab a, a quick word from you as well. It's come out uh, recently. Kendra Coxedge, fellow halfback and, and legend of the game, she's come out with her notice that she's going to retire at the end of the season. It's going to be the last one for her in, in red and black and, and in the black shirt as well. What, what kind of what kind of impact is, has she had on the game? Oh, she's a bit of a Canterbury rugby stalwart, really. Um, she's played a, a hell of a lot of rugby for our Canterbury women's team down here and, and been really successful while doing it. Um, obviously, she's uh, a, a very, very good rugby player, so um, I'm sure she'll be missed, but um, I also think that she'll be she'll be pretty motivated to go out on the right note um, with the rest of the Farah Palmer Cup in the next couple of weeks, hopefully for the Canterbury girls, and then obviously with the World Cup in New Zealand as well. I'm sure she'll be a massive part of that. And um, knowing her competitive nature, she'll like I said, she'll be pretty motivated to go out on the right foot. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think statistically motivated a little bit as well. If the if the woman's side gets through to the final, that'll be number game number one hundred for her playing in the red and black as well. So I'm sure she'll be doing everything in her power to get to that one. Double header Sunday, 
women play first, men second. What's your pick for the day? Are we seeing two high-scoring games? Are we going to see a battle in the semi-final and a free-flowing game in the afternoon? What's your What's your inside word, Mitchell? Oh, to be honest, two red and black victories uh, would would be all we're after. It's it's a great afternoon to have both teams playing and. Um, I think the weather's supposed to be awesome, so hopefully we get a good turnout for both games. And um, it's great to be back playing some afternoon footy in Christchurch. Um, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully get a great turnout and, and two red and black victories with some good performances would be perfect for us. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. That's what you're after. We've heard it here first. Get along down to Orange Theory. Support the two teams in red and black. Big games coming up in their seasons. Mitch, thanks so much for your time and and best of luck from us as well. Cheers. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. That was Canterbury halfback Mitchell Drummond ahead of their game against the Hawks Bay Sunday at 2.05. And that was your Canterbury Rugby update brought to you by Kevlar Homes, helping build the future of Canterbury Rugby. Kevlar Homes, proud partner of Canterbury Rugby. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Your home for all sport from Christchurch and beyond. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. on a fine Christchurch morning and a new segment coming your way. Addington Raceway is a what's going on in Canterbury. Of course, it is the start of spring racing down at Rickerton Park. Make sure you tune into the mail run from 8 for all of the oil. Ash Burton as well, they're hosting the trots tomorrow. SCNZ has you covered as Mick Guerin and Greg O'Connor share the best of the day from 11am. And of course... Outside of some racing, the thing to do in Christchurch this weekend, the thing to get along to is tomorrow's doubleheader at Orange Theory. You've got the MPC at 2.05, but you've got the women's match, the Farah Palmer Cup. It is semi-final time and possibly the last chance for Canterbury rugby fans to get along and see Kendra Coxedge in the flesh. Obviously, semi-final, they win that, they go through to the final, you've got another chance, but you would hate to miss it. It's her 99th game, and she has recently announced that this will be her last season playing in the red and black and also in the black jersey as well. So that's that's what's coming up here in Christchurch. And, of course, your Addington Raceway event, of course, it is Friday nights spent at Addington Raceway. Racing gets started at 5 o'clock, so get along. If you've got nothing else planned on a Friday night, great way to spend some time. New Zealand's favourite race week, Addington Cup, uh, Addington Cup Week, November 8 and 11, are on sale at addington.co.nz. It's time for Frankie's Five. Yeah, well, it's that time once again. Frankie's Five, brought to you by South Island Forklifts for all your forklift needs. Now, this week, it's it's been inspired by SENZ Afternoons with Staffy. He's had a big Bicky bonanza, and look, I just I just wanted to have my say. He's he's got some voting going on on their Instagram page, so you can go along have your say there. I believe they're down to to sweet sixteen time now, so I thought it was definitely time for for me to weigh in, for me to give my say on just just where I stand on biscuits. If there's something I can talk about for a long time other than sport, it is actually <clears throat> it's food, it's sweets, it's it's the good stuff. So. These, these are my top five. No hate for this, please. It will be controversial, I'm sure. I'm going to start reverse order. I'm going to start with number five. 
and it is the Anzac Biscuit. Humble, versatile, delicious. You're never going to be disappointed by it. That's why it sneaks into my top five. That's probably already brought controversy, but we've started with that. Number four, it's a ginger nut. Solid, dependable, never disappoints you at any occasion. Brings back some childhood nostalgia as well. I think every time went to the grandparents' place, there was always a packet of ginger nuts floating around. Great with a cup of tea as well. Number three, I'm going squiggles, in particular the yellow ones. You know the ones, the delightful hokey pokey. The chocolate mix, I just think that Squiggles have absolutely perfected this one. Chocolate, a crisp, crisp biscuit, crunch, smooth filling, all you could ever want. But this one is seriously sweet. So if you don't have a sweet tooth, maybe avoid my number three in the list. Number two, and if controversy has not already started, it for sure will start now. Tim Tams coming to second place for me. Double coat variety is my absolute go-to. I think it's the gold standard in a Tim Tam. But look, no one's upset getting the original. So they slide into number two for me. And now, for my number one, I know that I've really kept you hanging on here. But number one, it's going to be divisive. I know it will. I think it's a category you either fall into, you love it, or you hate it. But I have gone for the mint slice. For me, it is biscuit perfection. So that's my top five. Anzac, Ginger Nut, Squiggles, Tim Tam, and then followed by number one, the mint slice. So it'll be... Um, no doubt plenty of hate if you've got different opinions get onto Staffy's Instagram page get voting on those options and see if you can get yours uh, through the Sweet 16 into the finals and hopefully into that number one spot so that's it that's Frankie's 5 for another week Enterprise the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years your home for all sport from Christchurch and beyond you're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ Right, it is time for the panel, proudly sponsored by Melray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. Another couple of wonderful guests to put in the hot seat today, sports reporter Robin Van Royen, well, and sports board broadcaster Brendan Telford joined me this morning. A big welcome to you both. Now, let's get started. Look, let's talk All Blacks. It feels like half the country's doing it. I'm sure you've both got some opinions on it as well. Robert, last weekend's match in Christchurch, were you disappointed, surprised, or or actually could you see that result coming? Oh, I was definitely surprised. I mean, I, not, not a big punter, but I did come on... Uh, put money on that 13 plus last week. I was um, I was that confident on the back of South Africa that they'd, that they'd bounce back, and I think finally, it's amazing how much things changed in a week last week. I think there was quite a bit of uh, you know there's there a lot of good will towards Foster after this. He stuck some you know continuity, stuck with some players. Um, something he you know he's been talking about wanting to do this year, and uh, and then when everyone starts calling for change this week, he just like, <laughs> he sticks with continuity. I think when there was a bit of a sense of you know there's some wind of change in the year. This week, we didn't really see it, not in the starting 15. So I was very surprised by last week. Um, yeah, I, I think I got asked, I was on the air last week, and I got asked for a, for a, to, to, for a result. I said 13 plus, so perhaps don't listen to me this week. <laughs> and, and Brendan, <laughs> your your thoughts? 
Well, I expected the All Blacks to win uh, on the back of what they did in Johannesburg a couple of weeks earlier, but I wasn't surprised at the result. I think it's another example of this equalisation of uh, world rugby, which is directly a result. It's taken 25 years, I suppose, for it to filter through properly uh, of professional rugby. Money equalises sport. doesn't matter which, which sport you go to, and I suppose the Olympic Games are a good example of this. Governments spend hundreds of millions of dollars because they see value in winning gold medals at the Olympics. And if you pour enough money into most sports... Um, you usually get some results. And I think we just have to get our head around the fact that um, rugby has changed and it's taken 25 years for us to realise this, that the All Blacks will never be, again, the team that dominated world rugby like it did for 70 or 80 years. Sure, we had that reign with Steve Hansen where we were clearly the best side in the world, but that didn't last and it's now seemed a very distant memory that, that those great halcyon days of Steve Hansen. Um, and I, I suspect that Scotland, which I think remains the only country, major country, that haven't beaten the All Blacks, uh, probably will sometime sooner rather than later. This is not a bad All Black side. It's certainly not the greatest All Black side of all time. Um, but teams like Ireland, teams like Argentina, uh, and even Scotland maybe, um, now are far more competitive in this environment than they were, say, 20 or 30 years ago. And we won't win test matches. We won't win probably 80, 90% of test matches from now on. And I don't really have a problem with that because I think if you look at the bigger picture, world rugby is much a better sport when you've got teams like Argentina and Ireland that can compete against the old enemies of South Africa and the All Blacks. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and once the All Blacks <clears throat> kind of lose that aura of invincibility, then, then other teams will be gunning for them. I'm sure Scotland are watching at the moment, thinking, yeah, can we have a crack at them soon? But, Robert, you mentioned that, that starting with the, the same 15. That's been something that's been, been talked about a lot. Is is that a yay or a nay? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not totally against it myself. I mean, I, I, personally, I, I actually like a bit of continuity. I think it's something that's been a bit of an issue in the past that they have been missing. There's, especially at 10, they'll start more on the one week and they'll go back to Barrett if he doesn't play well. Um, but I still, I did want to see some changes this week. I, I think overdue to see Will Jordan. I keep saying he's got more expected than any other player in that team. I, he needs to get a run at 15, put him in space. The issue with him on the wing, he's barely, the way the All Blacks backline's malfunctioning at the moment, their attack isn't clicking. We're not seeing that cohesiveness. He's, you know, some games, when he had three or four touches last week, and some of them he's only getting um, contestable bombs in the air, so he's not getting many touches. I wanted to see a change there. That's, that's probably the biggie, and, and that loose forward as well. I still think that make up, and it's... And it's because Sam Kane's captain, he's having to play him at seven, essentially. Um, Life season change there as well, so that, that's probably the big one for me. There were no changes in the starting 15, but there have been some changes on the bench, and one I <clears throat> will mention, debutant Stephen Pirafetta gets 50 seconds off the bench and then not in the uh, 23 for next week. You, you've, you've both got to have some thoughts on that. I'll, I'll go to you first, Brendan. No, I can't get my head around that. Um, it just, just bewilders me why you'd put him on for 50 seconds. Um, it wasn't as if it was desperate. They didn't have anyone else on the bench. And uh, now he's, I don't know whether he'll ever come back again now. Um, so it is confusing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see Jordan have a, a crack at fullback. Um, I'm not sure anymore about um, 
Rico Ioani at centre, uh, whether he, well, I think they'd get better value out of him, maybe on the wing and put Jordan back to fullback. Jody, uh, uh, Jody Barrett, I guess they have to play him because of his long distance goal kicking, but to be brutally honest, he hasn't done much else. He's reliable under the high ball, I guess. But uh, his attacking qualities haven't revealed much um, in the last few weeks at fullback. So um, it's a strange, in some ways it's strange what Foster's done here, the fact that he hasn't done anything. I mean, he's flipped the old saying that you never change a winning side. Well, Foster's now saying you never change a losing side, which is very odd. Um, so he's, he's, he's gambling in a way by being very conservative. If they lose tonight, where does this leave Ian Foster? I don't know. I mean, OK, I know he's been given basically a free pass to the end of the Rugby World Cup, but he is, at the end of the day, an employee of the NZRU. They are his employer. I presume they have the right to change him or shift his status if they're not happy with his performance. So um, it's a big gamble that Foster's taken, and um, uh, there's, a, I think, more resting on this match tonight than there was on that third test against Ireland or possibly even the second testing in South Africa. So Foster's future, I think, will be determined by what happens tonight. If he gets through this match with a win, um, well, then I think he's safe. But if they lose tonight, the other thing here is if they lose tonight, I think they will most certainly be out of the running for the rugby championship and the possibility of finishing last in the rugby championship. I mean, Australia must be licking their chops at the moment at the thought of getting their hands on the Bledisloe Cup again. So we are in for a very interesting uh, few test matches, if nothing else, uh, starting tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do not disagree in the slightest. And, and Robert, your, your thoughts? <clears throat> Young fella, 50 seconds off the bench, is he, is he happy? Is it, is it mixed? What, what do you think is going through his mind? Oh, I mean, it was, it was, it was man. The, the fact that he was substituted, uh, it was basically after the Cody Taylor crooked line out. So he came on when I, when, sorry, um, when they had, to, when they had a defensive scrum, all they had to do, um, was kick it out, the Pumas. Won the scrum, kick it out. So that's what he was on for. Uh, it wasn't like the Ulbergs had an attacking charge. It was never, um, this was a burnover, get his hands on the ball. And Foster, we, it was asked about the substitutions, a couple of them, including taking off. As Captain Kane, but about the peripheral one, and he his answer was as a lot of his answers can be pretty murky. He essentially said it got messy, and basically they just yeah got messy in the last few minutes. The substitutions bit of a shambles once, especially after the Shannon Frizzell yellow card. So look, he didn't have a good answer to be honest to explain why he'd bother putting them on. Um, and then I said, look, he's he's essentially going to get another crack in the future. But I mean, of course, there's no guarantee with that. So. Oh, look, it was a bizarre one. I've seen, you know, obviously on social media, you've seen speculation you know, that people are saying, oh, look, they just put him on there to, to lock him up for the future so he can't play for anyone else unless he obviously clears that window. Um, but, yeah, no, look, it, it, it wasn't a great look. And um, 50 seconds, of course, he, he certainly wouldn't be happy with it. Yeah, well, he would have <clears throat> he would have at least liked to touch the ball, I think, is for sure. <clears throat> Hot seat time. Yeah. Predictions for tonight. Let's have a scoreline. Robert, you're up first. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to pull it back to 12 and under, all, all back 12 and under. Um, the forecast, last time I looked at the forecast for rain, so look, I don't think it'll be, a, especially with that Pumas defense and the all back attack, it's not going to be high scoring, probably more along the lines of, so I'm going to go along the lines of 20, 26 to 17 all blacks. 
Nice, like it. Brendan, you got anything different? Uh, well, my heart says the All Blacks, but my head says Argentina. Um, and I just think, again, the goalkeeping of Buffinelli, I think, could be the key factor here. I mean, that was one of the, the finest exhibitions of goalkeeping I've mm. seen in a test match last week. I mean, I think he got seven from seven, did he? And I, I don't think he had an easy kick, did he? Mm. M- m- most of them were missable kicks. And you compare that with Mom Moang, who missed two very kickable shots of goal in the first 10 minutes of the match. And in the end, the, the goal kicking played a big part in the final result. And I think it might do the same tonight. So I'll go the Pumas by three. Ooh, like it, like it. Both picking reasonably close ones. But yeah, I agree. His his kicking was, oh, <clears throat> it was exceptional for mine. Uh, it's just such a nice style to go with it. Never looked like missing one. We're going to move from rugby now. That's enough. That's enough All Blacks chatter for today. We're going to go on to cricket. First up, we had Trent Bolt gave back his his contract. Still wants to play for New Zealand, still wants to be involved, but the chance to, to pick and choose and spend a bit more time with family. Now we've got Colin de Gronholm, who's been picked up in the, the big bash for the Adelaide Strikers and apparently hadn't even informed New Zealand cricket that that was his plan, has then retired off the back of that. Uh, are we worried? Uh, is it was it really good enough from from De Gronholm? Are we are we thinking that maybe we're going to see more and more black caps head this way, Robert? Well, I don't I don't think it, the way it went down was what poor the fact that he uh, he gets drafted and all of a sudden, hey, what's going on here? He's it, it, what's what's his future? You know, instead of him coming out first and saying, oh, telling he's on cricket and retiring from the Black Caps and then making his future clear. I mean, obviously, that's what we saw with Trent Bolt. They came out and mm. they said that, look, he's not no longer current contract. He wants released. He's going to play um, domestic circuits, cricket around the, the world, blah, blah. So, look, oh, not, if that's the way these guys want to go, then so be. I mean, there will have to be a bit of worry from New Zealand cricket. Uh, if you see more, more, more and more guys start going down this route. But I think this is a good point. Someone said, you know, you do earn your strikes. Before you get that, you know, before you get to the level where you're going to be, to have that option, I guess you sort of earn your stripes in the, by playing for the Black Caps and, and playing Test cricket, playing one day cricket. So, yeah, there'll, there'll be a bit of concern there overall. I think the main thing for me was just the way we done with Colin to go home. Personally, I don't know. They've got quite there's quite a lot of depth, you know, a lot of good players coming through. Even like Daryl Mitchell, you know, I prefer in that all rounder slot over Colin to go home. Um, so in terms of the loss, Colin Gronholmers, I wouldn't say it's a huge one personally. Mm. And, and Brendan, do you do you think there might be a couple others follow suit? There might be some others thinking. Uh, well, I think, I think it's a bit. I think it's a bit of an overreaction what's happened here because two players have decided that you know it's time to uh, pursue other things in life. I mean, Conor de Gonholm's thirty-six years of age. I think yeah. he wasn't wanted. Yeah. He wasn't picked a week or so ago for this uh, one-day series, uh, the Chapel Hadley series, which is beginning in a few days. So it was okay. He was under contract, fair enough. But um, he wasn't wanted by the selectors. So uh, clearly, if someone from the BBL comes knocking and you realise that you've got your future's finished with their black caps, or logically, I think he should pursue this BBL. Whether he did it in the correct order of things is probably not that important. I, I don't. I wouldn't read much into it. I see Trent Bolt is actually in this series, the Chapel Hadley series, so he's announced his retirement from international cricket, but he, then he went to the West Indies, and now he's on his way to Cairns. So um, I think it's a bit of a beat-up. Um, you know, these guys are well into their 30s, uh, and they've got to start thinking about a future beyond cricket. Bolt's doing that, and so is De Gronholm. And, and De Gronholm's been a grand, great servant for New Zealand cricket. He's produced some brilliant performances with bat and ball over the years. 
But as time's up and, uh, you know, we're uh, looking at a new era with new players coming through. We've got the New Zealand A team in India at the moment. We've had a good series in the West Indies where we won for the first time with uh, a couple of newcomers on the side as well. So I guess the Grandons read the tea leaves and thought, no, the BBL is um, where I can make a few bucks before I finish. So good luck to them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, it is a, it has been a really good patch for New Zealand cricket lately. And, and as you said, there's a lot of depth coming through. Uh, are we liking what we're seeing? We've got the Chapel Hadley coming up, as, as you mentioned. Uh, Brendan, like, do you like what you see in this black cap side? Do you think that actually this could be, this could be the team that tips Australia up? Well, I mean, for these sort of questions, I just go, first of all, to something like the world rankings. And, um, although, although I'd, Installed Australia as the favourites for the Chapel Hadley series because they've been playing some good cricket lately and they just waltzing through this warm-up series against uh, Zimbabwe. Uh, New Zealand is number one, is ranked number one in the world in ODI cricket, um, and so on that basis, um, yeah, you, you've got to fancy their chances in this Chapel Hadley series. I'm pleased that it's still going the old Chapel Hadley series. I mean probably doesn't have the same amount of prestige that it did when it first started. But the fact that both countries are fielding virtually their full-strength sides in one-day mm. cricket, I think the only name that I can see missing from the Australian side is Pat Cummins, who has been rested because Australia have got a very busy summer of cricket, hosting the T20 World uh, Cup and uh, a couple of big tours as well. Um, and we've got all our top players there, um, including a couple of youngsters who've Sean uh, on the West Indies and on these other countries they visited. So the two countries still place an importance on this and it's the old story. When Australia plays New Zealand in any sport um, we take a lot of interest in it so I'm, I'm pleased that it's still going and um, uh, both teams have warmed up for it well uh, and I just hope it lives up to its uh, reputation on some of the great Chapel Hadley matches we've seen over the last 25 years. We don't have a too bad a record here I notice. They've played 12 times in this series. We've won four, Australia won six, and there have been two ties, I think, from memory. So um, it brings out the best in both teams. So um, this this should be a good series. I'm looking forward to it. I incidentally, do we know where it is? Is it on Sky? Is it on Spark? Where is it? Oh, that's a great question, actually. I well, you think should know, it'll Frankie. Be on... You should know. I know. I know. That's that's bad. I'm pretty confident it'll be on Sky. I think they've got a, yeah, oh, they've got the cricket that's well, in Australia. So, well, I hope it is anyway. Yeah, I'll let you away with that comment. I'll just forget you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it, to be fair, the it, the Chapel Hadley series has been pretty hotly contested uh, when it has been running, but. We would also say that Australia hasn't necessarily been a happy hunting ground for the Black Caps side. Is it actually something, Robert, that that this Black Caps side almost needs this series win to get a little bit of confidence that they they can beat the Aussies in Aussie ahead of a T20 World Cup there? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, they have they definitely have had their struggles in Australia and. And it's interesting that I mean, yeah, the twenty. Ideally, they'd probably be playing. Uh, I mean, the series has been moved, hasn't it, from from COVID earlier in the year? So, and look, nothing. I'm personally nothing. It's much more than one day cricket. And uh, in, in Australia, you, you know, I think of the New Zealand Australia games. You think of uh, Skippy Sinclair's blinder of a catch. You think of uh, Adam Vogue's catching James Franklin with a uh, stunner at backward point, and uh, they're the kind of memories you. Brendan McCullum's and his knocks against the Aussies, and yeah, a lot of a lot of those Chapel Hadley results over the years. A lot of them did those, you know, big high chases on top. They were in New Zealand, so um, definitely when you go back and you look at the results, they've had their fair share of struggles, including right before 
um, the world essentially shut down with COVID. They went over there and got and got done. So, yeah, I think so. It would be it would be helpful to to have, to have a good turn it um, turn out here ahead of the the T20 World Cup, which is uh, which is also going to be fantastic, isn't it? I mean, look at the time zones for New Zealanders. Um, as I say, I think that is that is the best when you can watch uh, white ball cricket New Zealand Australia in Australia. Yeah, I cannot wait. It is springtime. The cricket is coming. It's exactly the time of year that I love. Thank you both so much for your time this morning. Been awesome to chat. Look, we could probably do it all day and pick over every sporting event that's going on. But thank you so much for your time. And that's another morning <clears throat> done here on the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. I hope you've all enjoyed it as much as I have. Enjoy a sport-filled weekend, and I'll catch you back here same time, same place next week. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.